Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. As always, I am your host, Jessica Carter-Ogle, and with me is my husband and co-host, Stephen Ogle. Hello, everybody. How's everyone doing out there? <laughs> All right. Now I stole just, it. Now you're just making fun of me. Got it. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. Good job. Anyway, hope everyone is doing well out there. Yeah. Um... It's still cold here in Michigan, and in case anybody's wondering, it's yeah. still freezing. Yeah. Like, the wind is awful. Yes, it is super windy. I took so for a stroll yesterday, and we went into the wind because I was like, let's get this part over with. And we had these weird blowy snow flurries that didn't accumulate to anything, but made visibility, like walking up. Like, I couldn't even see with the snow and the wind blowing in my face. My eyes were, like, closed walking down the street. Um, uh, walking with your dad yesterday, um, we, you know, because we were in downtown Detroit, and we'll talk about that later, but while we, him and I were walking, I was like, I, I feel like the last couple of years, January has not been as cold. The cold comes in at the end of February and goes through the end of March, and it's like, it's cold, not because of the temperature, but because we get the 50 and 60 mile an hour winds yeah. that just cut your face off. Like Yeah, and tomorrow, oh. so it's 26 degrees right now in southeast Michigan, and tomorrow is the first day of spring. So riddle me this, BS. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. He said something earlier to me like, well, I'm waiting to spring to do that, and I want to do that in the spring. I said, well, do it tomorrow, because apparently that's spring. Yeah. No. And I was told not exact spring, but the feel of spring. Yeah, whenever that comes in like late May. Yeah. But it's weird because <laughs> last year, first or second weekend in April was 80. We did all of our yard work and then it snowed the next week. So. Yeah. Yeah. This time last year, we were sitting outside on our patio. Yeah. So. I like cannot wait to do that. I am so tired today and I'm just like my body hurts and like I would just love to be sitting in the sunshine on my patio yeah instead I'm on day five of five night events with my husband and <laughs> this 40 year old gal is she's not doing good yeah yeah you know it's uh we didn't have a lot of events and then all of them came in one week yeah it's so weird how like we went to you know we'll talk about all this but like concerts and just things going on and like how they all end up in one five day consecutive period and then we don't have anything until like sprinkled out during the next few months so it's just weird yeah but we'll we'll save most of that for later but we can at least hit one of them yes one of the things we did on thursday um we went to brewery phase on for a mexican chinese fusion pop-up yeah i'm sure you all remember esteban who we've talked about a few times, he does. He did our wedding uh, or our reception catering with his amazing tacos and such. And so he was the Mexican portion of the fusion. And then I apologize if I don't say this right, but um, Chi Fan Li is the Asian portion, and yes. she was great. And yes. so I will. We'll be tagging both of them. If you're in the Detroit area, definitely pay attention to when they're going to be popping up doing things. Um, we've seen Esteban twice now at Brewery Faison, but just so good. He yeah. literally has the best guac you'll ever taste. Like his guacamole is amazing. Yes, yes, his tacos are amazing. He yeah. he does them in a uh, like he does them uh, fried skillet type of way. With like but- cheese on the outside. It's, I mean, it's amazing. 
Like so, even the tofu, I I I don't like yep. tofu, and even the tofu was good. But he the way sa- he makes it, see, this is one of those Stephen comments. I don't like tofu. You can't not like something you've never had. I've had tofu on many occasions, and it has I don't, to be cooked well. Yeah, I I that's the first time I've ever had it, and I I, I enjoyed his was it. marinated like it was chicken, and it was so good. So there were tacos, there were nachos, and there were these rice bowls. Um, even her rice was amazing. Like I was eating oh, the rice, man. and I was like. What rice is this? Because I need to update our rice game. So you you said she said it was like an Asian rice. Yeah. I'm going to message her and be like, what exactly is the rice? Because I need yeah. to start using it. Because she said it wasn't jasmine. She used to use jasmine. Um, and she enjoys jasmine, but like it's still not soft enough. And jasmine rice is really soft. Yeah. But the stuff she had, man, I mean, I'm telling you right now, was like soft enough that you could break it with your tongue on the roof oh of your Oh, my mouth. God. It was so good. It was just really soft. So, yeah, we got some of everything, and then Esteban brought us a plate of guac and chips, which was awesome. And he is the sweetest guy. If you guys are looking for a catered event and you want to do Mexican food, he does the tacos. He does beef and shrimp and chicken. He's got this corn casserole that's amazing, rice and beans. He'll do anything, and it's all so good. And he is just so sweet and kind. Yeah. Like, hopefully we'll get him. uh, His story is great. Hopefully we'll get him on here at some point because I'd love to talk to him. He always asks, like, where's mom and dad? How's mom and dad? Asked about Steven's mom. Asked about my family in Missouri. How's the Missouri crew? Because everyone, he just is so kind and he remembers everybody. And he has that personality. Like, you see how many people came in. And we're looking for him and shaking his hand and talking to him because they came in for him. Like I told Steven, it start. It was from five to eight, and I was like, I want to get there at five, or as close to five as possible because I don't know if it's going to get busy. And it did get busy. They also had trivia at Brewery Faison a little bit later that night, but everyone was there and everyone was getting food. And yeah. I want to have more stuff from her as well on her website. I saw like dumplings and things like that. So. I'm going to keep an eye out for her because, yeah. I mean, just her rice was amazing. And we had um, sautéed grilled onions and mushrooms and these, like, cucumbers that were marinated but weren't pickles. And I don't even like cucumbers, and I ate all of them. So uh, Esto met her a year ago. Okay. And they were doing stuff together. Um and she made her rice meals, but she had her rice in, she didn't have it in a rice cooker. She had it in something else. He gave her his rice cooker. To use? Yeah. He's sweet. Yeah. Gave it to her and was like, here, use this so you can, you know, keep it all, you know, soft and, and keep it, you know, hot and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so she's been putting stickers on the front of it. She asked us if we had a sticker for our podcast. And I was like, we don't yet. And she's like, oh, man, I'd put it on the front of my but it rice is, cooker. And I was like, man, that'd be some great advertising right there. It is a work in progress. We are um, working on getting stickers. We are actually trying to think of a new logo. If any of our listeners out there have um, any ideas they want to pitch for yep. a possible logo for us, we would we would love that. Um, we are looking to do that. We want it to be um, a little bit more... Not abstract, maybe more cartoonish, not just yeah. our picture right now is our faces, but we don't necessarily want that. Maybe more of an outline or something that's just um, something that's a little different that we can put on. Something that's like put if you guys things. had a sticker, you, it just wouldn't be our faces. Yeah, we don't. it would be more of a picture of something. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're in the process of thinking about that. But she got us thinking about that. And I'm like, I would like that. And, you know, it's something that you could 
easily sell, easily get out there and yeah. just kind of kind of start somewhere. But yeah, so if you guys are in the area, check it out. Brewery Faison is great too. Um, that is probably only the second time we've been there because we usually go when Esteban's cooking there. Yeah. But their beer is good. We got a um, Periphery, which is a raspberry saison. Quiddity, a, wh- a whip beer, and Spycatcher, which is a Czech dark lager. Yeah, Quiddity was great. That's got an o- orange peel. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love me a good orange peel. Being part of the part of the uh, beer, at orange or tangerine, something like yeah. that. I like that. The first one had raspberry, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the Spycatcher. That was well. That was your dark beer. Yeah. I had a sip of that. It was. It was a dark good. lager. It was yeah. pretty light. It was good. Yeah. But it was fun. The place filled up. Um, they had the Sporkle, which is funny for any of you guys that do trivia. Still, I haven't done trivia in a very long time. But I used to do Sporkle, and you know, we'd have the papers at our table, and we'd be writing stuff down and turning it in. And like as we're sitting there, the guys like go to SporkleTrivia.com and t- punch in this code, and I'm like, wow, it's so crazy. Like it's all just. You just do it all on your phone when technically back in the day it was like phones down, no phones on the table because they don't want you for cheating. And now it's like you're doing it on your phone at the table. So that's kind of odd. I wonder how they manage cheating. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it was good. Thank you to Esteban. And um, I don't know if Chief on is her actual name or if it means something. I don't know. But thank you to her. She yeah. was great. She was very sweet, very kind. Yeah. Um, you can tell both of them have a very similar personality and a love for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. I can see why they do do some of these pop ups together. Um, yeah. Their food works really well together and just their personalities. Like I am I've started following her on social media now with our our if we can just say account with my account. Like I want to know where she is, what she's doing. Yeah. I like want some of those dumplings. Yeah, no kidding. If she doesn't, if she does a pop up on her own, we we gotta go. We oh, gotta yeah. hit that up. We'll be like, there. Her food was good. Her yeah. food was real good. And she did like, uh, she sautéed the uh, mushroom mushrooms oh, yes. and onions. They're so good. Oh my gosh, it was great. Yeah. yeah, everything was just good. Everything tastes very fresh too, and that's the thing about Esteban's guacamole. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like the fr- It's like eating sunshine. <laughs> I feel like it's like bright and crisp with the lime and the avocado pieces and all the accoutrement. Like I just feel like I'm eating sunshine. Like I'm sitting outside eating sunshine. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's fantastic. He's Esteban. If you'd like to use that in your marketing, we can talk about it because I think eating sunshine is a really good. <laughs> You're gonna get people in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's awesome. So that I was guess. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, um and then uh. Let's see. That was on the same day that you had crippling anxiety, didn't you? Yes. I'm sorry. I I shouldn't say that. It's not nice. I apologize. I'm not making fun of people that have anxiety. No, he's just making fun of me. I'm making fun of my wife because she is a lunatic. Like, she's crazy. We got furniture. If you guys recall, we went to Lazy Boy and ordered furniture, and it was a complete blur. And the moment we left, I had no idea what happened, except that my pocketbook was lighter. Yeah, and she's the one who signed all the paperwork and paid for it, not me. I don't know how I got roped into that. So the thing is, is like she completely forgot what we got. Other than the she knew that we got an oversized love seat, a couch, and two... uh, storage ottomans. Storage ottomans. It was a blur. I was I blacked out in there. Yeah, and then the whole time we've been waiting for this stuff, which is not very long, 
because it came like a month early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's we like, at the end of April. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't even know what we got. I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I don't and know. And I kept saying, I, I hope you like your furniture because it's what you wanted and what you got, and I don't even know what it looks like. And I was like, we both sat on it for crying out loud. Not the, not this exact same one we're getting, but like we sat on what it's supposed to feel like. And because we got like different material for so we customize like it. Yeah, yeah, they had as we talked about before, they had um, pet friendly fabric. They had two colors. Basically, that was it: a darker gray and a lighter gray. And my parents have the darker gray. And I swear I am ninety nine point nine percent sure I picked the darker gray while we were there. Hmm. That that is what we picked. I swear to you people, if I could go back in time, you would see me picking the darker gray. So all week, I'm thinking, I wish I would have got the lighter gray. Like, I just wish I would have got the lighter gray. I like the darker gray. But for me, for our room, for the color of our walls and the light that we get in there, I wish I would have got the lighter gray. So they pull up, and instantly my armpits start sweating. <laughs> and I'm screaming, stay back their hair, stay back their hair. I don't want to answer the door. And um, I let Soph out because she has to stay in the Florida room for these sort of events. And they start to bring everything in. And as they're bringing it down, I'm like, is it big enough from the boxes? Is it going to fit through the door? And I text my mom. I'm like, I, I don't even remember what this looks like. I hope I like it. I'm freaking out. I'm so nervous. And she's like, are you nuts? And then I said, <laughs> I text her again. She's like, what's wrong with you? I saw her yesterday and I was like, thanks, mom. When I come to you for support, I really appreciate the support that I get from you. I really appreciate it. I, I sent her the following text. I said, uh, I said, your daughter cracks me up with a laughing emoticon. And she sent back to me, she is nuts. And I told her so. <laughs> like, I'm like, thanks for the support. I went to my mother. So they bring everything in. The guys were great. The lazy shout out to the lazy boy delivery men. Yeah, they were awesome. They were great. You know, the one guy's such a great personality. He's like, I just like to go around and spread some joy. I call it spreading joy when we bring everyone's furniture. And it was just so, so kind. He gets pictures with everybody. Yeah, he took our picture on the couch. And I, um, it kind of made me think about my dad. You know, he's in that, that service. He does the piano moving and the delivery. And I know how he his personality when he goes into people's homes. So, and you know, I was telling them about my anxiety and they were kind of laughing. And, um, as soon as they unwrapped the couch, y'all, it was like a miracle. It was the lighter color. (laughs) I don't know how, but it was the lighter color and the lighter color. I'm sure Steve will have a comment on that sort of has a blue gray. And if any of you know me or remember Stephen's multiple comments, uh, she only likes two colors, blue and gray. Those are my home. De- that's my home decor palette overall, is, blue and gray. I cannot wait for my kitchen likes. to be painted blue. She would love my view right now, watching us as we record, because our our signal comes in in like a blue, and then there's like a gray. Uh, gorgeous underneath it. She gorgeous. Love it. Yeah, she loves gray and blue. That, so, so if you if you want to appeal to Jess. And, and you want to show her something, that's make a, sure it's gray and blue and you'll get five stars. That's a home color palette. It's very, you can't just across the board that that's like my favorite color. Anything. That's a neutral color palette. That's lovely. <laughs> anyway, so it comes and they open them up and these things look great. They look great. And then as they're bringing in the Ottomans, I have another wave of anxiety that those are going to be the darker gray <laughs> and it's not going to match because that's what I actually ordered. But it's all correct. Yeah, it's all correct. The guy who uh, took our photo was really cool because he he was like, um, 
You know, he's like, you know, your job is what you make it. He's yeah. like, you get you get what you put into it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we, I look at this like we're bringing people their new stuff. They get to start a new adventure with new things. And he's like, so I just I like I like making helping people smile. You know. Yeah. He's like, and I get I get joy out of that. And I was like, that's cool, man. Like you sound like my father-in-law. My yeah. father-in-law absolutely loves when he delivers a piano and gets it set up in the right place, and he sees the customers, you know, face yeah. light up and go, oh man, it looks great. Like. Yeah, like that's good customer service, it which is. which unfortunately uh, and I I might sound like a broken record when I say this, but unfortunately that's lost in a lot of our society these days and has has been going away for a very long time. I know that uh we've had Ricky on this podcast and he is great at customer service. That dude yeah. is is a professional to to the end, like and he also is very excited when people like are happy and feel relieved with what yeah. he's, you know, with how he's helped them. So it's good customer service to do that. So I appreciated that out of those yeah. guys. That was very cool. I also think, too, it just reiterates the fact that to be happy, to be kind, are choices. Yeah, they're choices. People who are miserable in their life are often making that choice. Now, there are extenuating circumstances, so nobody lecture me. This is not a blanket statement about life, but for the most part, you make a choice every day about whether you're going to be happy, whether you're going to be happy delivering furniture or you're going to be happy as a CEO or you're going to be happy as anything. It doesn't matter the level of job. It doesn't matter what the job is. You have a choice to be happy. And yep. I feel like we've encountered Esteban today, who is always smiling, always happy. The second he saw us, he didn't like he looked up and then I saw the recognition click and it was like, oh, like so kind. Yeah. This guy is so kind. Like even I will say that we um, Friday morning, we went to the doctor yeah. and we were planning to sell our sectional that we had because you guys have heard all about that. So we moved that into our family room. Our family room doesn't have the space for a sectional. So the couches were sitting next to each other, taking up like the whole family room. And I said to Steven, we'll sell it on Marketplace, but I don't want it for more than a month. Like my, we've got the funeral in May and everyone's going to be in town in Mother's Day and I need that area cleared. So we, I went to the doctor with him and we're sitting there and I said, all right, I'm just going to post it right here. I posted it on Marketplace. I don't have Facebook Messenger notifications on because it's Facebook Messenger and who would? So I didn't think about it till about two o'clock in the afternoon. I said, oh crap, I better look. And we had like 10 people reaching out already. Yeah. And so, you know, I reached out to the first person and she said that she could come at 10 o'clock the next day. We had a very nice like message exchange and they came at 10 o'clock yesterday, yep. took a look at it, um, made an offer and they bought it. And I was like, it wasn't even up for 48 hours. And I still had like more people reaching out. I had a total of a dozen. I responded to everybody and told them it was sold, but it I'm just going back to the kind people we've encountered. Yeah. Linda, I hope you're enjoying the couch. Like she was really nice. Her yeah. and her friend came to pick it up and you know, we had, a, we were talking, we were, had a conversation about it. I had cleaned the couch and her and I were just talking period as Steven had to take the legs off and him and the guy are carrying it out. And I was like, you know, I had messaged her and I said, I'm really going to miss the couch because I love it. And it was in great condition. And if we had somewhere else to keep it, if we had our basement as a full size of our house or something, we could have kept it, but we just didn't have the space for it. Yeah. 
And I said, I'm going to miss it. And she was like, oh, she's like, as soon as you sent me that message, I was like, all right, I have a good feeling about this. Yeah. And, you know, they came in, they talked and we, you know, we were getting ready to go. And I'm like, I really hope you, en- you know, enjoy it. And she's like, I really appreciate it. She's like, I've enjoyed your company this morning. This has been a great experience. And I just <laughs> thought that was so sweet. And like, we went out yesterday and I had saw I had a message. She sent me a picture of it set up in her and she's like, it looks so pretty. And I was like, thank you for sending me that, yeah. you know. It's just it we've had a really good people interactions this week that is really nice and at a time in our country when we're so divisive and there's so many horrible things happening and so many restrictions happening on people of color and women and people who are living a quote unquote alternative lifestyle for these patriarchal white men and women sadly it is nice to still encounter kindness yeah. In all these little pockets of life, yeah, I mean it's it, it's all in it's all in your outlook. It's all in how you want to be towards people. Because I mean, like you get in life what you get in life what you put into it. Yeah, if I hope you, some of these people that are putting stuff in right now really get it back. Because I mean, if you put garbage out there, I'm, I I am a person. I very much. Uh, while I'm while I am an atheist, I do very much believe that stuff does come back around. Oh, I if hope put, there's karma. If you put a lot of hate and uh, and unkindness, hate into, and bigotry, and in, in, into the world around you, it's going to come back at you. But like, I, I mean, I I I've seen your dad deal with customers. I've seen my dad yeah. deal with customers. I saw the way those the guys that delivered the couch. Uh, dealt with us the way we dealt with Linda like these sort of things are as you said earlier they're a choice yeah you can choose to be kind to people or you can choose to be a jerk yeah and even if your world is awful like my dad my dad for those of you that don't know my dad died from stomach and colon cancer he was still kind and nice all the way to the end yeah you never knew he was That's sick. Who he was as a person. He made yeah. that choice to always be that person. My my dad and I applaud that, especially ha- go, him going through that and still being able to be that way. Yeah, I mean, he literally was told that he if he had changed his diet, he would live about two years, maybe a little bit longer, and he didn't live a lifestyle in which made him seem like a bitter old man. Yeah, he did everything he could. To let people know that he was still the same guy. Yeah. He still acted the same and tried to do the same stuff and tried to be the same person as much as he possibly could. Also, because my dad was not the type to be a woe is me type or, or, hey, look at me. But my dad was just like, I could, he had a, he had a choice. He could either pass his, his pain and anguish onto other people, or he could be kind and nice and happy and joyful for the life that he still had, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's an example that my that my dad said. And, and I'm not the only person that has noticed that and said that. Like a lot of people said that about yeah. my dad. You didn't know he was sick unless unless he told you. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's really cool. And, and that's just a choice that we have mm-hmm. in our lives is to be that way. You know, um, apparently per Stephen, I make the choice to be. Uh, oh, boy. Let me tell you, she dropped some grenades. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> just to turn turn on her heel a little bit here. Uh, yeah, she drops her grenade. It's it's she thinks. I I don't know exactly what goes on in her brain, but I can. <laughs> but her facial expression. Would you like to know? Her facial expression is one of 
saying expletives to me, but not saying them. And instead, she'll say this of, uh, is that what you're wearing when we're going out somewhere? Like, is that what you're wearing? And I'm like, oh, man, it just sets me off. man. Oh, it set him off. All right. It sets me off, man. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, because I know the look on her face. The look on her face says a lot more than is that what you're wearing? Like, oh, man, it just makes me so mad. These I call them Jess grenades. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious if when we were going to the live show, if that graphic T-shirt was actually what he was wearing. And, you know, and I, I thought I would ask. I don't. You know who never asks what somebody's wearing? Me. Because I'm always dressed perfectly and appropriately and look nice. <laughs> so I don't know why you would ask. <laughs> and for the record, you said it's not like your dad's going to dress up. He's going to wear a T-shirt. And may I ask you what my <laughs> papa was wearing? <laughs> he did wear a collared shirt, he which did. I was surprised. He wore a, like a collared, nice flannel shirt, which I knew he would. But I decided not to add that fuel to the fire during the argument. <laughs> Yeah. And may I ask, what did you end up wearing to the show? Oh gosh! So we've been <laughs> we've been watching this show. Yeah, here we There's go. There's my grenade. Yeah, uh, we've been watching a sh- little show called Banshee, of which at some point we will review on this podcast. Which spoiler alert? I think it we is, have. It is fantastic. Yeah, we have talked about it a little bit because uh, we started it when we were sick. Um, but the main character wears, uh, I never say the word right. What is the name of the shirt? A Henley. Henley. Just like Dexter wore, just like yeah. uh, all men wear. Uh, not all men, but. Uh, now they do. But uh, yeah, I, I, I put, it's one of those long sleeve ones that you're supposed to push the sleeves up on purpose. Like Everyone knows what a Henley is, darling. I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, the three buttons in the front. So I put one on. And I was like, I'll I'll give this a try. You got me one. I'll see what it feels like. And I put it on. Now, I will say, um, I should have worn, like, uh, one of those uh, undershirts, like okay. one of those. Uh, um, Gray or white t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have wore something underneath it because as we were walking through downtown Detroit and I had that and my coat on, I was like, I'm used to having a t-shirt, a hoodie, and my coat on. So I yeah. felt like I was missing a layer and it was much colder. Um, I won't make that mistake again, but, uh, yeah, I should have worn like a t-shirt or something underneath it. Cause otherwise, otherwise I, I it was, it was great. Yeah. But if you wear a collar t-shirt too, it would show up under your button. So we'd have to see how that would look. Oh God. Is that, is that what you wanted to do? Uh, <laughs> see what I'm saying, folks? More grenades um. <laughs> into the place. And she, th- she thinks she's so funny. Here's the thing. I have to like help him. With a lot of stuff because so here's an example of him just being a dope. We <laughs> he's drinking his coffee. I'm right drinking now. coffee and I almost spit it all over yes. everything. Um, so when we first met, he did not have his own eBay account, uh, and so he would send me like random four dollar CD to buy, random five dollar movie to buy, random six dollars and forty seven cent CD to buy, and I finally was like, look. I have no problem buying. I have no problem that he's <laughs> buying them, but I am sick to death of going to my eBay cart and checking out with these tiny piddly purchases. So I had him get his own eBay account. As you know, we've run into a few snafus with some of his buying. Um, <laughs> we had the one item that I didn't even know was actually missing a piece when he from the pictures and he still ordered it that turned into a snafu of ebay having to refund our money after multiple oh, emails yeah that was a purchase problem. that should have never happened 
Um, another item that he bought that apparently was not under the eBay guarantee that we didn't know. Didn't get our money back on that. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was only 14 bucks, but man, that, that yeah. still makes me mad. There's So there's there's been a couple snafus like this. Now, there is a t-shirt from a band called... Memphis Mayfire. And they have like an orange face outline with like a beard and whatnot. I mean, let's be honest, it, it looks like my husband. It does look like me. Yeah. So he wanted the t-shirt and the tank top to show off his milky white skin with and, the and milky white tank top and the orange <laughs> face in the summer. And my tattoos. Yes. And he also found a t-shirt that said it had a spot on it. I could see the spot. I couldn't tell what it was. And I, he said, do you think you can get that out? I said, well, I'll be honest. If anyone can, it's me and or my mother, but I don't know. And then he's like, I found one that doesn't have... Um, any stains on it it says it's like you know not new used but yeah and i was like okay and he i don't know he bought it so when it arrived <laughs> it looked like somebody wore it multiple times to gym class <laughs> let that steep in then tried to wash it it was basically grayish and not on purpose and I was skeeving. I, I, I didn't even like it being in my home. I didn't even <laughs> want it put down my laundry chute with my actual laundry. I wanted to burn it. I, I always talk about, I know when Ricky's laughing, I know Kelly is dying right now. I was skeeving. <laughs> I felt like my grandmother going into a house that we weren't allowed to eat at. She would like walk us into the house and you would hear her go, skeeve. And that means... No matter what they offer you, politely decline because you're not eating in this house. She's skeeving this place. <laughs> so that is how I felt about this T-shirt. So I got a container out. I put it in there. I soaked it in water and OxyClean. I dumped that out of the graying water, soaked it in water and OxyClean. Then I soaked it in water and bleach and OxyClean. Then I bleached it. Y'all, skeeve. And I said, Stephen, how was this described? Like, what? Let me see that. Let me see the listing. It looks terrible in the picture. So that's <laughs> concerning to me about his visual capabilities. It didn't look that bad. And literally, I can't even blame the seller. I have to blame the buyer because the <laughs> seller literally called it dingy white. My husband reads this to me and I said, what about this made you want to buy this? It says it's dingy white. I just thought that was like a shade of white. I he did. He thought if somebody were to say, that's a dingy white, that that's just a shade, like snow white or blizzard white <laughs> I mean, or eggshell white. I mean, you're arguing my case for me right dingy now. Dingy means like used and gray and dirty and gross. <laughs> so now he's not, he's on an eBay ban from solo purchases. I must review all listings, check for eBay guarantees, refunds, <laughs> but they allow refunds and really reading the description. This all could have been avoided if she just kept her own eBay account. Let me tell you, y'all, I wish I did because <laughs> he it can't handle having an eBay account. He can't handle it. <laughs> she could, she Doesn't know. But there's no going back For now. every two good purchases, there's at least one snafu of epic proportions. Well, she can't uh, She can't go back now. I mean, it's uh, the barn door's already open, pal. Oh, my gosh. Blow, blew Dingy the white. Off. Dingy white. I thought that was a shade of white. Like, I, I thought know. that was a type of white. Ladies, know. do you have one of these kinds at your house? Because I just can't even. I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't actually think there is another woman that can relate. I feel like a woman on an island alone with that. <laughs> so I'd love to hear that somebody 
I get I get crap for moving stuff around the house oh, and doing dude. all this, but but he buys a $25 dingy white t-shirt that I have to soak in bleach just to allow in my home. It's, you know, she moves stuff. The way it's not, it's not that she moves stuff. It's that she moves it, doesn't say anything, and then asks me to go get something. And it's not where it was the last time because she found another place for it. And I'm like, well, it's not where it's been for the last two years. So why in the last month has it moved to another location? So here's a perfect example. That's what I don't understand. Here's a perfect example of him being incorrect in what he just said. (laughs) So we just cleaned out the basement. In doing so, we reorganized things. I cleared more paths to be able to walk and see everything. I then put the paper towel and the Kleenex on this rack. And I said to him, come see what I've done in here because I've moved some things around. Come see. He came, he saw, apparently he did not look. I said to him on Friday, can you please bring up a roll of paper towel? He says, okay. Then he's at the bottom of the stairs yelling, where's the paper towel? It's not where I left it. It's not where I saw it. I said, it's on the rack. I don't see anything. I come down. What do I get off the rack? A roll of paper towel. So just so you folks know, it's not like these. this rack on this shelf rack thing were all the same size shelves. No. And to be fair, when we did all that moving and you put the paper towel where you put it, I just thought we were out of paper towel because I didn't see it even then because that rack is so, like that shelf is so short, I didn't see it. Didn't see it at all. If you walk in there, you won't see that rack or you'll see the rack, but you won't see that shelf unless you literally get like within a foot of it and like get right up on it like I'm up close on this microphone. Like you can't see it from across the room and I couldn't see it. In my mind, I saw the Kleenex. Kleenex boxes stick out because that shelf sticks out a little bit further. But there's a tiny shelf above it, it, almost like a mezzanine. But I didn't know it was there because I've never seen it before. In my mind, I'm pretending like I'm Stretch Armstrong. And I have reached (laughs) my arms across the room and I am strangling him. Just so you all know what's happening. She's a lunatic. He also said, I didn't know that was a rack. It's literally a kitchen rack. No, I meant I didn't know that was a shelf. I didn't know there was a shelf under there. I'd never seen that shelf before. It's crazy. Marriage is fun. Do it, everybody. Just do it. Have a blast. (laughs) It's a great time. (laughs) Again, I'm trying to drink Uh, my coffee and she's making jokes. Uh, Yeah, she's a crazy person, folks. She is a crazy person. That's why in the basement, I like the basement. I like my man cave because everything is where I want it to be. And I, if, if, like, Stuff doesn't move. It doesn't magically appear somewhere else. I will say the the biggest wrong thing, the biggest thing I was ever wrong about in my life was saying that I thought me and caves were stupid and that the whole house is yours and you should just share it together. What a naive idiot I was. What a naive <laughs> idiot. A man cave is the best invention women have ever made for men. And I bet they made men think they thought of it themselves. I, that's how good we are. I was talking to Josh. Uh, this past week in the office, and I was showing them uh, my the stuff down here in my man cave. And the first thing either Josh or Chris said was like, "Oh, dude, look at the cable management on your desk." I was like, "Absolutely! Like everything is pristine. Like it's all the wires are hidden. You can't see them. They're velcroed. They're snapped up uh, underneath the desk. It's great. Um, it's an IT nerd alert, y'all." But I was telling Josh because he has a full basement as well. I was like, "Dude." You need to 
turn your basement into a man cave. I highly recommend. Yeah. It's fantastic. You can do whatever you want down there. It's great. Yeah. You have your own space. Put all your stuff up. One thing I love, and I will say this much, Jess loves gray and blue. <laughs> when you come down to the man cave, it is all colors. Well, that's all because shapes, of all of your all like, sizes, comic book decor, all, and like Superman, Flash, all that stuff is colorful. And it's our house has a color. Not the color that the man cave has. The man cave has tons of color everywhere. Because, you know, vinyl, we got Blu-rays, we got figurines, we got comics, we got posters, we got uh, pops, we got, uh, what do we got? Um, I got Star Wars glasses and stuff like that. I got tons of yeah. color in here. And, like, I love it. I love being down here. Um, it's It's one of the things about going back to the office that sucks, is that I go back to a monochrome yeah horrible no, nothing's i don't drone even, office i don't life. even have my own desk anymore like i bring in my own wireless keyboard and mouse because i can't keep anything at the office yeah. anymore because i don't sit at the same desk when i go in like if if anything like it's turned it's turned that stuff that portion of 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 working it's turned it into like i don't know for me like just terrible i can't, I can't stand it like like i i I, I used to have a desk where everything was, and yeah. I had I had a couple of things that hung up on my desk. You know, I had like a Thanos thing and stuff like that. Um, you know, like I had that kind of stuff. I had my own desk, my own space, my own things, and now I don't have any of that anymore. Now, now you got to it's 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 like we do this uh, hoteling is what they call it. Yeah. We got to rent a desk, and it's just like I go in. Yeah, I mean it's cool, and the fact that like. I bring my stuff in in a backpack and a lunchbox, and then when I leave, I take all my stuff in a backpack and a lunchbox, and I go home. Um, and if I'm sick, I don't have to worry about anything being at the office that I don't have at home. I think this really ties into a topic we've been talking about that you brought up that you wanted to talk about more, pandemic then and now. Yeah. What you know, we all had our lives before the pandemic hit. We worked in our offices. We worked every day, all of this stuff. And the pandemic hit and life as we knew it was altered every which way from Sunday. Yep. You know, going to the grocery store was different. Work was different. We we fully were at home. We came home. It was a transition process, but we were home for at least two years working, both of us. And yeah. or a year and a half for me, but we were home. Going to the grocery store was different. Everything was different in the pandemic. And how are things now from that? Like one thing I've talked about is like masks. Yeah. And we were just at a concert and there were some people with masks, some people without. You go to the doctor's office, some people have masks, some people don't. I like that. I like that yeah. it has been normalized. And if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. I know that if I'm sick and I have to run up to the pharmacy to get my prescription, I'll put on a mask. I would have never even thought to do that before. It I wasn't consciously trying to get anybody sick, but it's not a thought I would have had. And that's, that is something that blows my mind. I can't believe that we as a society on the Western yeah. hem hemisphere of this, of this world we live on yeah. never thought of that. Because in Asia, they've been doing it for decades. We're just sitting in doctor's offices waiting for our turn. We're all hacking it up in there and coughing during flu season and whatnot. Like you can, you can go back to the 90s, find videos on YouTube of the, in, in the 90s of Asia People being in airports and wearing masks because yeah. they don't they don't want to get sick or whatever. Well, they also well, had the pollution and stuff in there. Yeah, but still, like my thing, yeah. the thing is, is that they were protecting themselves in yeah. a way that 
the Western Hemisphere never thought of before COVID. Yeah, for and, sure. Or ne- not even didn't think of, but like shoved their nose up in the air at. Just about all of us did. It was like, oh, that's just stupid. Why, why would you wear yeah. a mask? That's just dumb. And now it's like, oh, common sense. Like, oh, I have common a common co- decency. Like, I have a cough and I'm going to the doctor. I probably should wear a mask so yeah. that the people I'm sitting in the waiting room with that are just there with somebody who else is sick, maybe I won't cough near them and get them sick. Wow, what a concept. Like, Huh. Yeah. Goes back to what I was saying earlier about just being nice to the people mm-hmm. around you. Like that's being just... aware, not being just so oblivious of what's happening around oh. you, which I think is a, a huge thing with humanity, being completely yeah. oblivious to people around you and all of that. I think we, I... you know, it's when things happen, like when 9 11 happened and we all like came together for like five minutes and then it was back to how it is. And for the pandemic, for a lot of us, it was some kindness. There was fear, but there was some kindness. And now it's just all. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, the older I get, the more I get fascinated with societal changes. Um, you mentioned nine 11, like, um, the things that were allowed to happen before then, like, you know, there wasn't metal detectors in Nashville's airport. There was none. You just walked right in. My parents could walk all the way to the gate with me, watch my plane leave, and then get in the car and go home. Like, that yeah. is completely gone. Yep. You can't get past the metal detectors unless you have a ticket. Yep. And some of that stuff makes sense. Yeah. But my the thing that I find interesting um, is that how those things become de- divisive. Yeah. Very, well, very quickly. Look at masks. Yeah. Like, it was like, put on a mask and people lost their minds, yet I don't have control over my own reproductive system. Like it's so it's, that that's okay. Yeah. But putting on a mask is a hindrance on your personal space. Yeah. It's just so it's so weird to me how things it's how the smallest thing becomes divisive. The smallest it's, thing as a mask. It becomes divisive. divisive. And how can people in power continue to make it divisive and then politicize it? Yeah. It's a mask. Yep. And it became the most divisive thing in our country, and it was a political agenda, and it was all of that. And at the end of the day, all you're asking is, hey, everyone's getting sick. We're not sure exactly what's going on. We need to start wearing masks just to protect ourselves and others. And it became a politically divisive thing. Yeah, And we have been just on a roller coaster ride of everything then being politically divisive everything things that were settled on in the 70s now have to be coming to light and i think a lot of it a lot of it to me is just all about control you want to take control and twist something to fit your agenda and at the end of the day it's a freaking piece of fabric yeah and the thing is like george carlin was talking about this stuff in the mid 90s he was talking about literally he went after both sides politically on the fact that they they all they care is that we argue. Yeah. If we argue, oh, yeah. then they can keep doing whatever yeah. they want to behind the scenes and passing whatever laws they want to pass and that kind of that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I feel like it, it is it is insane to me how George Carlin's comedy yeah. from 20 years ago is more applicable right now than it ever was in the 90s like oh he, yeah it, people talk about the simpsons telling saying things that were coming to pass and like yeah. being uh whatever you want to call that where they're uh predicting the future 
where they've done it yeah. like 20 or 30 times where they predicted things almost to the exact specification of the, of the scene. Yeah. And George Carlin was telling us yeah. this stuff in the 90s and how now it's so like in your face and then there's still people that go, oh, no, it's fine. Well, that's the thing about like politics, especially in our country. It's not for us. If they really cared about what the majority of people wanted, we wouldn't have automatic weapons and I would have the right to do with my body what I choose. And if somebody is a drag queen, that is allowed. They are not going to be stigmatized and put in jail. If, yeah. if anyone cared about what the actual American people on, on mass wanted, that would be the case. But instead, they do what they want to do at the expense. Our government has always done what it wanted to do at the expense of what the American people want. And it's, and it's been that way for yeah. decades. And it's now it's just way. getting worse because voices are getting louder and there's more platforms for people to talk about. And there are just old, white hypocrites in office who want to do what they want to do. The, the problem is, and, and I'll quote my friend Jared, he said this to me and I'll never forget it because it's the best, it, it's one of the best things that I've ever heard anybody say. And that is that our generation, the time in which we live, does not deserve the internet. We don't. No. We don't deserve it. We use Beca it for it, divisiveness. It and gets used for the worst yeah. possible things. The internet is not supposed to be used the way it's used. It should... With the amount of problems that we have in this world with poverty and homelessness and that sort of stuff, the Internet could be used for so much more to benefit so many more people, yet we have TikTok. Well, that's the like, thing. It's people. Insane. People are selfish. Yeah. People at the end of the day are very selfish and oblivious, and they live in their little worlds. And that is sad. And the divisiveness that keeps happening in this country is only going to drive that more. I mean, we saw a, a show yesterday that we'll talk about shortly, and they showed footage from like the 60s. And there's footage of a Klu, Klu Klux Klan rally. And I looked over at my mom and I said, oh, is that then or now? Because all that did to me was enforce how far we have regressed as a country. Yeah. And, you know, this is off topic of pandemic then and now, but it is still just now. It is it is what's happening. And I think the pandemic was just another tool that people in power used to make things divisive. Yeah. And I think that is sad. And I I would like to see in my lifetime some of this divisiveness go away, but I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think in some ways for our society, I think that uh, I think the pandemic opened a lot of people's eyes to things. Mm -hmm. um, I know that my, my the company I work for is a German based company. So it's interesting how things happen because they were very um, they were late to the game when when the pandemic hit. Like they originally told us we would be in office like every other week, um, that sort of thing. And yeah. then it turned into all right, you're going to only come in, you know, you're going to be two weeks in and then two weeks out. And this was all like on the Friday before yeah. everything hit. And then by the time I got home, I had an email from my manager that was like, just stay home. And I was like, well, if I'd known this, I'd have brought home a yeah. monitor. Now I'd you had to go back. Yeah. And, and I couldn't go back. Yeah. Because literally everything was shut down on Monday. And it's like, I couldn't go anywhere. And all my stuff, I mentioned, all my, my desk had a bunch of my stuff. All I had was my computer. All of my, like, I felt like my work was too proactive and then we had to backpedal. Like they I, implemented everything and then we had to backpedal. Like I had, you know, 
like I, I carried like my mouse and stuff with my computer, but like my keyboard, all my other materials that I would use for whatever I was doing, like all that stuff was sitting at my desk and I didn't have it for over a year. And now, granted, th- I figured out a way to make things work. I bought my own curved monitor at home so I could yeah. have an extra monitor. But just like the company I worked for was very late to the game on making decisions. And now it's almost like my company's afraid to make a decision because they got so much backlash during the pandemic for decisions they made. And now it, they're almost like scared to make a decision, well, which is which is the other uh, it's the other side of the pendulum swing. Like I think that's weird. the then and now for you. Like right now you proved, especially as IT, especially, you know, you could do everything virtually. There's no reason for you to be in office. They're making you go into office, especially someone like you who even when you're in office, you don't technically work with anyone there because you're on a global team. So they're just making you go in for the sake of making you go in. That's not efficient. That's not effective work. That's not anything. And that's so the and that's, post- all of IT. Yeah. So the post of the pandemic, I think, is companies who are knowingly making people go into an office for no reason other than to control that they do that. There's so much going on in the world that is we can control this. So we are doing it like I work in a patient facing setting. So, yes, you have to go in the office. That makes sense. But for those that don't, it doesn't make sense just to do that. Like, even like like for me in terms of like pandemic before and after travel is a thing for me. Like I love to travel. I want to keep traveling. There is just something in me right now that doesn't feel comfortable going outside of the country yet. Yeah, it just doesn't like I'm not. I've been to different places. We were going to do that for our honeymoon. I feel more comfortable knowing that we're staying in the U.S. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm loving everything about the U.S. right now, but I, I'm i still not over that. People were displaced geographically. Yeah. People were in other countries on vacation when things shut down and they were stuck. Yeah. And we still are having waves of things and things happening. And I just don't feel comfortable putting myself in a situation where I could be stuck. If I'm in the continental U.S., no matter what happens, I can get me a car and I can get home. Yeah. But exactly. if we're somewhere else, I can't do that. And I I am not fully over. Now, this is not anxiety. I'm not conspiracy. Th- it's not anything. It's just me being like, I just don't feel comfortable with that yet. It's not hindering my life in any way. It's not restricting anything, but I'm not ready to get a stamp on my passport yet. I'm not ready for international travel. Yeah. Also, like for me to to add on to that, I I feel the same with that. But also like I look at Europe and I look at Russia and what they're doing over there. And like, I can't imagine I'd like my I mentioned my company's, uh, you know, based from Germany. I would love to go to Germany. That's a country I've always wanted to go to. Amazing. I'd love to go to Germany. I'd love to go to France. I'd love to go to the UK and hit Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, like all yeah. that stuff. I'd love to go to those places, but like I don't want to go over there in in a time in which now we're, you know, Russia. You don't want to go next door to in, war. We're like yeah. I don't want to go over there Ukraine. when when yeah. Russia could just turn around and go. You know what? I don't want Germany be, to be on the map anymore. So we're going to attack them. Now, granted, from a business perspective and my job, that would be very detrimental, and a lot of us would lose our jobs, and it would be very bad. Just like what happened in Poland. Yeah, it it affected our business in Poland as well. But like my thing is, is like I don't want to put myself in a scenario where I got to hope to find a boat at worst case scenario to get back to the U.S. We're not getting on a boat either. No. Like, yikes. Like, that's crazy. 
Um, all that to say, I'd love to go to Hawaii, but man, it's too. It's also too far away. Yeah. At 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 the time in which we're at. Yeah, like, I just I know I'm. That's just like an not... eighteen hour flight. Like I, oof, I don't know if I could do that. Now, could I go to like the Virgin Islands? Probably because it's still on this hemisphere. But would I want to right now? No, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I'm just not there yet. And I'm OK with that. I've got a lot of life left to live. I got a lot of places I can go. There's so. a lot of places in the U.S. to go. And my my Aunt Melanie and Uncle Jerry, if he was here, would tell you that there are so many places to hit in the United States there that are. are some of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your life. And that's what we're doing. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. I will also say another thing that was sad about the pandemic for a lot of people was the lack of like live music oh, events and stuff like that. And killer. It was tough. And I think artists and stuff did a lot of cool things. They did a lot of live, you know, concerts on the internet, which was really cool. Instagram releases and stuff like that. But live there, is, there is nothing like being at a live show. Yep. And so this will, you know, kind of transition us into all of the concerts that we went to this week and all of the live shows that we went to. And, you know, people are still saying at the shows and they're performing like, thank you for coming out. We're so happy to be able to do this again. There is nothing like gathering with a group of people for you're, you're there to enjoy the music. Yep. You all like the music. You're all excited. The artist is there to perform for you. It was all smaller venue stuff that we went to and it was all of it was a great atmosphere. Yeah. We went to see um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Yeah. Kenny Wayne Shepard uh, put out his first album in 1995, his second album in 97, his third album in 99. He was 16 years old in 1995. Playing guitar like he was 60 years old. A blues prodigy. Like, um, I mean, this kid, I, I can't even, it is, it, I, I don't have words to describe his ability on the guitar. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. He does things on a guitar that a human just shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. It, your His hand is just like a blur. Yeah. Like, he is absolutely phenomenal. And he was touring for his second album, uh, Trouble Is, 25-year um, anniversary of it. And we saw him at Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Which was a really cool, smaller venue to see him at. And I have never seen him before. 28 years that he's been doing music, and I've never seen him live. Um, I remember my dad and I hearing him for the first time and just literally being, like, wowed by hearing his hearing his albums. Um, uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Like, he comes from... Uh, Music wise, he comes from that lineage of more the uh, Texas blues, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, that kind of style. A lot of Stevie Ray Albert, Vaughan, Albert, Albert King, Stevie Ray Vaughan, that kind of thing. Um, he does take a little bit from BB King, um, and he, I mean, he knows he knows the he knows the business. He knows what came before him. Like he did an album called uh, Ten Days Running, and it's literally where they took ten days. And they went around and made a documentary and did music and then did a show at the end um, with blues legends that were still alive that people didn't talk about anymore. Okay. And the, the concert at the end was uh, he had band members from Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters that were oh, still alive. Nice. The crazy thing about it is, is that he made did this thing, and this is, I don't know, like, after he did it, literally within a year, like, many of those people died. Wow. Like what he's done is literally like an archive now. And people are just like floored by it, that he had the, he had the knowledge enough 
and, and care about what came before him and what inspired him to do that. What? Anyhow, we saw him live. Yeah. And you can tell that he's just a genuine human being that loves blues, yeah. wants to share blues, and cares about what came before it. It's, if, oh, it's if you've so never good. been to a blues show, go. The cool thing about blues, and I've been to more shows since I've been with Steven, um, but I did see some blues at a bar at a place called Kingston Mines in Chicago. And the thing that I always loved about blues is that that music is alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's different than seeing any other show. That music is like its own living entity when they're up there playing it. And it's like the music is being channeled through these people. It's like the music is taking over and yep. it is alive and the the musician is gone and it is just that music living and breathing up there. Yeah. You don't get that from any other type of music, but like blues, that soul, that like it is a living, breathing thing. And to watch somebody fully lose themselves like his piano player his keyboard like that guy i i I was just like wow i i felt like his hands were a a mind of their own and i couldn't even follow how they were moving that show was great if you have a chance to see kenny wayne shepherd if you have a chance to see blues expand your musical horizon go for it yeah i mean the he becomes one with the guitar. Yes, hundred percent. Like literally, just like it's not. It, it is. Yeah. An ex- we will, it's an extension of him. We will yeah. definitely see him next time he comes to town. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, we saw another, another prodigy in her own right. She was playing on the Grand Old Opry when she was ten years old. Um, arguably one of the best mandolin players in the world. Um, Sierra Hall. Yeah, she's great. She is another one. When she's on stage, she's one with the music, man. It's insane. She looks so happy, too. Oh, my gosh. And the speed. I have, like, we've talked on this podcast about Chris Thiele. We saw the two of them play together in December when when they were touring together. And them two up on stage, I mean, it's insane how the two of them could play together. Um, So this was the first time to see her by herself. Um, I mean, she had a band, but be, to be the only mandolin player on stage. And, man, I'm telling you right now, she's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like, insanely talented. Insanely talented. And um, bluegrass is cool because it's such a different kind of sound. And you've got a mix of instrumental and yep. songs with lyrics. You've got a mix of both. And I think a lot of bands rely heavily on their lyrics. Yep. And bluegrass is cool because it's a balance. It is about the music too, not just the lyrics. And, and for somebody like me who connects with the lyrics a lot, I bluegrass can can still hook me even without lyrics because they are just going at it with those instruments at such a pace and such a speed, and that music just kind of keeps you going. Yeah, it's it's cool because uh, they did a song at one point where the fiddle player, the guitar player, and her on mandolin were all playing the exact same part. Yes. And it was extremely fast. Yeah. And they didn't mess miss a note. Oh no. And like the the fun thing about bluegrass and sometimes with blues, when you get several blues guitarists on stage, they like to playfully challenge one another while they're on stage. Yeah. In bluegrass, that is a thing that always exists. Yeah. It exists in every bluegrass you show you see, see. I could see like the fiddle player and the guitar player, yep. like eyeing each other and stuff during. Yep. And we saw them at the Ark in Ann Arbor, which is a very small venue. Um, it's like a nonprofit venue. 
um, for, you know, artists to come, lesser known artists, some bigger names, but like just a lot of, they have a lot of live music, a lot of different stuff. And yeah, it's a really cool venue. Yeah. And, and you get, uh, in bluegrass, man, you, you get trade-offs. They'll yeah. do, one does a little part, one does another little part. They go back and forth. It is Challenge, very... Call and response type of thing. Yeah. Like, I'll do this. I'm doing these seven notes. And then they... They're like, all in sync oh, with each other. Man, it's so good. Um, And her it, opener... Yes, I was just going to say, her opener was Taylor Ray, R-A-E. She's a singer-songwriter um, yeah. out of... She's from California, but she's living in Texas. And she's... Uh, 29 she had an album come out called mad 20s about you know 20s um she said she's touring with her sister just quit her nine to five to be her tour manager (laughs) they're touring together i i loved her from the moment she opened her mouth the way she sings i love i love her songwriting i love her songs like i literally teared up at her song fixer upper like i i loved it she's got so much heart and soul and she great stage presence she was great i look forward to what she does next and her neck like we got her vinyl while we were there she signed it for everybody who got it she was great i i would liken her to i i feel like she sounds unique so i don't want to say you know but she had the feel of someone like a nora jones to me something like that i i think that with the sound of her voice that she belonged singing in the 40s yeah yeah she's, man she's got that vibrato in yeah. her voice that just comes natural it's a she has a beautiful voice as soon as she opened her mouth i was like i love her i love her voice and she's been playing guitar since she was like i think she said she what, 10 12 10, 10 or something 10 or yeah. 12 years old and i i looked at her i was like how long have you been playing guitar she said you know like 10 or 12 and i was like i can tell your stage presence, you're so comfortable up there. Yeah. I said, I've been playing since I was 13. There's just this comfortability that comes with yeah. playing so long. And I was like, you you feel, it feels like you're just natural up yeah. there. And I was like, it's great. Like, don't lose that, whatever you do. Don't lose that. Because that is, uh, I was like, you're, yeah. you're fantastic. I highly recommend listening to her and album. Her album, she's got a full band, but she's just touring by herself. And let me tell you, she her guitar skills cover everything yeah. she needs to cover I, I she's wasn't great missing anything yeah she pulls she pulls it off very well like i was very impressed I, I i i'm glad that like we looked at each other i was like well i guess guess i'm gonna buy the vinyl and she's like i was thinking the same thing i want to buy the vinyl yep so that was really cool and then the last thing we did <coughs> excuse well, me i'm what? sorry i took in like some extra air the last place we went to was the music hall detroit which is um where the is that what you're going to wear today? Line yep. came from. Yep. We went to see the Simon and Garfunkel story. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to be. I've seen Jersey Boys. I've seen the Tina Turner musical. And they are all a play with their music as like the the sung songs. This was different. And um, it was sort of a storytelling. There was a guy playing Paul, um, Paul Simon and a guy playing Art Garfunkel. But they had... Um, stuff up on a screen which is where I saw like the is this then or now comment but they had stuff on the screen from 60s 70s stuff about Simon and Garfunkel and these two guys sort of told their story verbally while they played 
their music like with between, a band. In between songs, yeah. they would tell parts of the story. All right, so the, they were at this point in time, blah, 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 and this is where this song came from. Yeah, that so that thing. kind of thing. So that was different. I hadn't seen something like that before. Um, I think the guys did a great job as Simon and Garfunkel, especially the guy that was Garfunkel, because he just carried oh. himself exactly like Art Garfunkel, the way he stood and everything. And at the end, they talk about that these two guys doing the show have been best friends since they were like 13 years old and they like created this show to take it on the road and touring as Simon and Garfunkel. And I sort of wish I had known that going in because yeah. it gave it a little bit more. Yeah. I really liked the show. I, it was different. Um, and I, there was a couple of times where I'm like, I'm not sure about this like format, but sort of learning more about the guys playing it and how it came about gave it something more. The thing is, is that they start by saying that Simon and Garfunkel met when they were in school. Yep, in high school. At like age 13. So they bookended it with the fact that they, yeah. the two of them, met yep. at 13. And I was like, all right, That's cool. cool. Way to bring it back around. Yeah. That's really cool. I also like the fact that the the band was all very talented. Yep. Um, I like the fact that it was all young people Yeah. playing music that came long before they were on this earth. Um, and giving, going back to what I said about Kenny Wayne Shepherd, paying tribute to what came before him. Yeah, for I li- sure. I liked that. As a musician, I thought that was very cool because my musicianship, everything I've done, has got some sort of paying tribute to what came before and yeah. what I learned from. Um, and, and I'm not, went- not ashamed to say it, and these guys are totally not ashamed to say it. I mean, it's the Simon and Garfunkel yeah. story. And we went with my parents. So, yeah. yeah, the four of us went, and like Stephen said, it was in the music hall in Detroit. That was the first time I'd ever been there. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, went out to dinner after with my parents, which was nice. Yeah. And, and and I'm not, for me, like, I'm not a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. I will say from a musician standpoint, I very much enjoyed it. The guitar player, bass player, drum, keyboards, uh, the two main guys, like, they were all great. The, the guy doing Garfunkel's part, I'm going to tell you right now, he hit Bridge Over Troubled Water. He hit that part at the end, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if there was a dry eye in the room. Oh, he hit it. Ooh. He was great. Wow. Like, that was amazing. He's, the, he's got a great voice. Now, the guy playing the Paul Simon part is a fantastic guitar player. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I wanted to ask you, he had a guitar that wasn't a flat back. No. It was, like, curved. It's What's called, that? It's called an ovation. Okay, I had never seen that before. At, my first guitar was an applause, which is an uh, which is basically an ovation knockoff, and then there, my second guitar was an ovation. It has like a rounded back. Yeah, why? I don't know. It's just uh, something okay. they made, and it's not a wooden back. It's a yeah. pla- it's a plastic back. I could tell that from our very close seats, and I was like, "That's interesting." I meant to yeah. ask you about that. Yeah, they call it an ovation, and that used to be the thing back then was using playing an ovation. That's cool. So. Uh, yeah, those guys were, they were very good. I mean, I, as somebody who's not a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan, I love Paul Simon as a, as a songwriter. Yeah. I think he's one of the best songwriters of our time. A- absolutely belongs in that conversation. Yeah. Um, and as a guitar player, I, I mean, like, it's not even close yeah. with his songwriting style, what he can write. Like, it's it's insane. He's I did he's notice a lot level. of songs about leaves. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of songs he's, about leaves. Uh, from a technical standpoint on guitar, the guy doing the Paul Simon part was fantastic. Like, he yeah. pulled it off very well. Um, I, I enjoyed myself more than I thought I would. Um, but uh, the only problem I have with Simon and Garfunkel is that after a while, once you've heard a Simon and Garfunkel harmony, it, they all sound the same to me. Yeah. Um, and, I agree and, with that, and, but I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. But, like, af- after a while, once you've heard Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend, 
once you hear that once and then you start to hear the other seven Parsley, or eight sage, or nine or ten in time like once yeah. you hear all of those so, like it all starts yeah. to run together as far as that goes but um man it, it's uh it was good stuff i like the visuals too yeah. they put visuals up there helps somebody like me who's not a huge fan of of simon and garfunkel but i can I can see what they're putting yeah. up there for history and stuff like that, which was cool. But We've got one more concert tonight we'll be talking about on the next podcast. But yep. we are running low on time. Do you think you can make it through album anniversaries? I think I can because I think it wouldn't it wouldn't be fair he's to not the al- folks. He's not allowed to close the podcast anymore. He requested that I close the podcast because he feels he gets a little too long-winded. So I'm going to give him a couple minutes here to get through these album anniversaries, and then I'm going to wrap us up. I mean, I, fi- I feel like it's not fair to the folks to skip out on these al- album yeah. anniversaries. They need to know what they need to listen to this week all right let's do it all right so uh one of my favorite bands of all time that i've talked about a lot um uh so all of these album anniversaries take place from tuesday march 21st um all the way through next monday so just those seven days that's all we're talking about um so uh like i said one of my favorite bands of all time project 86 Drawing Black Lines, their second album, which is arguably one of their best albums that they ever put out, uh, that is running on an anniversary from 2000. They're Uh, pretty good. I like them. Man, they're great. Uh, They're they're doing a final album, and they better tour. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be pissed. They better come here. Um, One of my dad's favorite albums of all time from 1965, Bob Dylan, Bringing It All Back Home. Subterranean Homesick Blues. Um... Uh, Maggie's Farm, like man, Love Bob my, Dylan. my dad would sing Subterranean Homesick Blues. Just talk about songwriters. Just walk around singing. Yeah. Oh, like my dad thought Bob Dylan was one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and I, I agree. He's I definitely, he's top five, if not top three. Yeah. Um, uh, moving over to hip hop, nineteen ninety seven, the Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death Ooh. album, which uh, the thing to know about this album is that it actually came out after he died. He had life after death. It was coming. It's poetic. It was already announced, and then he died, and he got shot and killed in L.A. And then the album came out, so he got he got murdered. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I'm telling you, man, this album will make the hair stand up on the back of your neck if you know the history about him and what happened to him. And then the album came out, and then you listen to the content. This dude. It's almost like this dude knew how he was gonna die. It's crazy, but it's such a good yeah, album. Yeah. Like uh, it's a double album. It's fantastic. I like it. Um, uh, we've mentioned previously, uh, Lincoln Park Meteora's album is coming up on the twenty year Excellent. anniversary, nice. two thousand three. So that'll be, uh, I believe, on Friday this week. Cannot wait for them to release all this unreleased stuff with Chester. I'm yeah. excited. I I, I want to hear it. Like it's gonna be cool. Like there's several songs in there which would be cool. Um, we've mentioned Marin Morris on here a few times. This album was one of my favorite albums of last year, so it'll be a year old this week. Humble Quest. Yeah, it's an excellent album. Uh, I hope she tours again this year, too. Yeah, It'll be me great. Too. Um, one of my uh, other favorite bands, I have a tattoo that's uh, got their got their number in it, uh, 68, uh, Give One, Take One. Their album will be uh, two years old this year. It's their third album, I think. I always get um, them confused because you listen to 68 and Project 86, and I'm like, who is who? <laughs> yeah, but this is the one in which he has a uh, song in there that you just love me for my riffs. Oh. And she thinks it should say. I thought it said, you just love me for my ribs. 
<laughs> because isn't there something about a bone in it? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lyric in there like about a bone and bones. And so I thought he said, you just love me for my ribs. And I was like, what clever songwriting. And then Steven's like, that's not even what he says. <laughs> so that's what I sing. Yep. Um, and then uh, the final one for uh, this week is a band that's uh, been around. Uh, their first album came out in 2001. Their lead singer went on to do Dashboard Confessional, but uh, their original uh, the original band he was part of, Further Scenes Forever, The Moon Is Down. I cannot recommend this album enough. It is a mood, man. Nice. It's, a, it's, a, it's an album that you just start listening and just go through it. Just sit, sit and soak it in, man. It is alternative rock. A uh, little bit indie, a little bit emo, somewhat, but man, it's just—it's a mood. You cool. get, you put it on, and just sink into the album, man. It's great. Nice, good Called variety. The moon, the moon is down. Good variety. Well done, you. You did it too. You did good. That's I, all I the time. That's all the time he has, folks. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, you yeah. can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'll tag everyone we talked about from um, the pop-up the food pop-up and everything be sure to follow them see if they're in your area yep um tell your friends like subscribe yep uh i believe that's all we can say this week bye y'all getting us ready for a test test and one two sound weird testing like a muppet testing Alrighty, tested. <laughs> tested. Mm-hmm.